You're listening to Asbury University's Chapel Podcast, recorded live from our campus in Wilmore, Kentucky. Asbury's Chapel Service hosts speakers from around the world to inspire academic excellence and spiritual vitality. We hope you enjoy today's message. Good evening, Asbury. You guys, it's great to see you on a Monday night. And we, we launch into evening worship for Set Apart Week. Thanks a ton for coming and carving this out uh, in your evening. And we were off to such a great beginning this morning um, as we lean into this invitation uh, that Jesus who saves us is the one who by his same grace uh, can make us holy and make us entirely his. And so um, tonight I get to introduce um, someone that so many of you know. The one and only Jeannie Banter. For those of you that may be in your first year are still getting to know uh, Jeannie, she's an Asbury alum of 2006. She has a master's from Trevecca Nazarene. Um, she has served in missions in Uganda and uh, she served in residence life at Indiana Wesleyan. Her best years, of course, have been at Asbury. And uh, she has served for seven years on the spiritual life team and the last two years as the director of the Christian Life Project, which means uh, she gets to lead set apart retreats uh, in those incredible times. How, shouts from all of you who have been on set apart retreat of how <laughs> grateful we are for that week. So, as we uh, prepare to, to step into this, this evening of worship, would you stand and uh, we're going to pray together. And this morning, uh, God met us here and God is already at work and what's he, what he wants to do in your heart and in our lives this week. And uh, the hands out, held out like this is uh, one posture of surrender that we can take. So if you're comfortable taking that posture of surrender as we pray to begin worship, join me in praying. Lord, we come surrendered tonight. We're here to surrender our understanding of ourselves to you, the one who made us. We're here to surrender the plans for our lives to you, the one who calls us. Jesus, we're here to surrender the parts of ourself that have been on a treadmill. And we surrender them to the one who longs to fill us with joy. We surrender to you our attention tonight. That we might become more attentive to what your Holy Spirit would speak to us. In the name of Jesus, we ask together. Amen. All right, good evening, everybody. Okay. Good evening, everybody. Yeah. It is such a joy and an honor to be with you all this week. I promise I'm not going to fall off of here. Um, but to be able to share about God's holiness, um, one is something I never thought I would do, um, but two is the best invitation that we ever get to receive. Like God in us, sharing his life with us is 
so much better than I can even articulate or John can articulate this week. But I hope that as we share and as we walk through this week together, that you begin to open your hearts and your minds and your lives and your hands to all that God has in store for you. So it is so fun to be here, and it's so fun to be talking about holiness. And here's the thing, like, you don't have to be scared of holiness. I know that's a term that we use, and for me, that was a terrifying term for a lot of years of my life, and you'll hear more about that as we go through this week. But it is God's good invitation to us. So I hope that as we talk this week, and as we share it, as we walk together, that's what you hear from him. Not from us, but from him. And to be able to do this with John, that's just fun. Um, John and I served together along with the Coppages in Arua, Uganda. So we were the A team. So all, all year for GCC and for this, you've had the A team. So anybody else that comes will be the B team. So I'm glad to be a part of that. Um, so, but to be able to do life and share ministry on the stage with him is awesome. And this is just a free piece of advice. Like it matters who you do life with. Like, I am more like Jesus, and you're living in the benefit of that because of those people right there. So pick your friends wisely. Find people who are running hard after Jesus and just start running with them. Even if you don't know what you're doing yet, which was what I was doing, um, they will show you who Jesus is. So that's just a piece of free advice. Those people are awesome, and this is fun. Um, As we share this week, like, It is just such an honor to be able to bear witness to your surrender this morning. Like, there's nothing more beautiful than that. As you all lay down different aspects of your control, that's not an easy thing. And here's the thing, like, you'll actually never know the impact of that surrender. Because God will do abundantly more than we can even begin to imagine in your surrender this morning. And I know you're thinking, like, uh, that was a toothpick. (laughs) God can do a lot with a toothpick. God can do a lot with a toothpick. Because that actually wasn't just a toothpick, was it? My guess is it was something very specific to you. Maybe even your whole life. And here's the thing. Surrender in the kingdom always leads to freedom. Always. Like, that's the crazy thing, is like, surrender unlocks and unleashes freedom in your life. We're going to be in Galatians 5, so you can kind of get there as we're going. But Galatians 5 once says this, it is for freedom that you were set free. (laughs) It's like, duh. No, 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 think about that. It is for freedom that you were set free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. I don't think you got that. It is for freedom that you were set free. So that surrender this morning unleashes and unlocks freedom in your life. But here's the thing. Your surrender and your freedom was never just for yourself. So as you surrender and you become more free, guess what? The people around you get to experience your freedom. And surrender begets surrender, and freedom begets freedom, and it's contagious. Have you ever been around someone who's like been healed and set free? Like, all of a sudden, you, your appetite begins to be curious and hungry for that kind of life. Your freedom is never just for yourself. Your surrender is never just about you. It's for your roommate, your teammate, your classmates, your family, your friends. Like, your surrender this morning 
Your surrender this morning has the potential to change your entire family line. For generations to come, people you've never met will be impacted by your surrender. That's just how good God is. That's just how good God is. When I was a student here, I had many moments of surrender at this altar, but I remember one much like yours this morning. I was a Christian and I was walking, albeit stumbling, but I was walking and and God and the Holy Spirit began to reveal like, hey, there are some things in your life that you've been walking with me, but you're still holding on to. And it was that moment of like, what's in your hand? Like, will you lay down that control? And it wasn't just any other surrender moment for me. It was God saying, hey, I want your past. I want your present. I want your future. I want your hopes, your dreams, your desires. I want your calling. I want your, your spousal choices. <laughs> I want all of you. And I, I remember it was chapel and coming down and praying and getting up and it's like, okay, now this is awkward because I have to go to class. <laughs> Maybe you felt that this morning. Like, uh, there's some business that needs to happen, but I got to go to class and then I went to lunch and then I went back to class and I was on the tennis team and, and you just go about your day and you're, and I remember getting back to the residence hall that night. I was in Kresge for life. Um, yeah. I remember getting back to the, to Kresge that night and thinking, did anything happen this morning? Like, I, I know God was calling me. I know I was surrendering. I know this was different, but I just kind of like did my day. And, and the temptation in that moment was to think, one, nothing happened and it didn't matter. Let me tell you, it mattered, and it did happen. We can bear witness to that for you this morning. So I just, first of all, I just say, like, mark this day. Like, there are so many times, like, if you were to flip through my Bible, you'd see dates and years. Even when I get a new Bible, I write that year and that date in the Bible because it's meaningful to me. And I need to go back to that every time as I have walked these years with the Lord— when I get tempted to pick back up what I've already surrendered. So mark today in your Bible, mark it in your journal. Like one of the greatest gifts that I have are my journals from my time at Asbury. Because I can go back and see the prayers that I prayed, the things that I surrendered, and how God has met me all along the way. So mark the day, tell a friend, tell your roommate, tell your SLA, tell Greg, tell myself, tell John, like we would love to hear your story. Because your story is never just about you. Your surrender is never just for you. Your freedom is never just for you. So mark the day. And where we're going to spend our time tonight is, okay, but I got up from the altar. Like, how do I actually live this out? <laughs> that might be what you're thinking today. Like, okay, well, what do I do tomorrow? And how does my life different after this morning? And so, and so much of life... <laughs> It's just a walking, walking by the Spirit. Walking by the Spirit. I love it when um, the only way that you can do that is by the power of the Holy Spirit being in you. And if you're a Christian, you already have the Holy Spirit. You already have the Holy Spirit. And Dr. John Oswalt, who was president of Asbury, he's now president of FAS, he's, pre- he's been a professor everywhere, He's probably helped me the most understand holiness. But he said, if you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit. Now let him loose. (laughs) Let him loose. Let him have free reign in all of your life. Because 
when, whatever you surrender this, mor- this morning or in another morning or another time or maybe later today or tomorrow, like you are giving up your rights. You are laying down your life. This is the only category where when you surrender, you actually get more free. Everywhere else, when you surrender, you're kind of taken captive. But no, when you surrender here, you are set free. So the Holy Spirit comes and abides in you, makes his residence at home in you. Like there's no more places that you're, held, you're holding on to. So he has reign and permission to move in your life. So the, the copy you're talking about, abide, like God taking up residence in you, and then you go, like you walk in the Spirit. Let him loose. Let him have fun. Show you, guide you, direct you as you walk. So if you're in um, Galatians 5, if you're not there, this is a prompt to get there. But I, I've heard a couple people say, Matt Leroy, Dr. Tim Tennant, uh, there's a whole book about this. But the pace of God, the pace of Christ, is about three miles per hour. Because that's about the speed that you're walking as you're talking. And I love that because so often I like to go faster. <laughs> go faster than the Spirit. Go faster than God. But this is a, a walking, like a three mile per hour walking out the rest of your life. In Uganda, we have this phrase, a Swahili phrase, pole pole. Slowly by slowly. This is a slowly by slowly allowing the Holy Spirit to guide you, direct you, move you, purify you. So slowly by slowly walking with God. I love that because it's a beautiful invitation. So if you're in Galatians chapter 5, we're going to look at six, verses 16 and 17. So Paul is writing to the church of Galatia and he says, so I say, walk by the Spirit. I love that because it's not, hey, make it happen. Walk by the Spirit, the Spirit leading you. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For what the flesh desires is contrary to what the Spirit desires. And what the Spirit desires is contrary to what the flesh desires. The two are in conflict with one another. So, I, like, throughout Scripture, we, we see two different contrasts of people. People who live by the flesh and people who are walking by the Spirit. And the two, we see, are in conflict with one another. You, you see this in Romans chapter 7, right? Like, why do I do the things that I don't want to do and the things that I want to do I can't do? Right? They're in conflict. Like, we, we want to have one foot here and one foot there, but they can't coexist. You can't be both free and captive at the same time. So you have a person who's trying to walk by the flesh. And, and let, me, let me tell you this, like Romans chapter 7, the why do I do the things that I want, don't want to do and the things that I want to do I can't do, that was never meant to be the narrative of the Christian life. Like if that's where you're living, my, my friends, like let's get over here, like turn the page, get to Romans 8. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's freedom to walk in the Spirit. There's freedom to have different desires in mind, in a mindset. Like you were never meant to live here. And you feel that, right? You feel the tension, you feel the conflict, and you're like, I don't ever know, even know how to get there. Here's the thing. You can't get there on your own. It's the Spirit leading you and guiding you and giving you desires, giving you a new mind. So if you feel like you're here, my friend, hear the invitation. The Spirit will move you. He will guide you. He will purify you. He will change those desires so that you desire the things of the flesh. 
Romans 7, Romans 8. And we're in Galatians, if you keep going down a few more verses, it says the things of the flesh. And it gives you a whole list. You'll see multiple lists throughout the Bible. You, you know them. Sexual immorality, idolatry, witchcraft, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition. Like, they're all there. And then you, you go, keep going a few more, more verses, and it gives you the fruit of the Spirit. A life lived in the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Who does that sound like? Christ. Christ in us. So we are sharing in the character of Christ as he lives and through us in the Holy Spirit. The person guided by the Spirit, that is the fruit that comes out, is his character, his love, his nature living through us. It says in Romans 8 that the mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Life and peace. Think about how different our lives would be if that's what we could say. Our life is, our, our life is governed by, because of the Spirit with life and peace. person governed by the flesh and the person governed by the Spirit. And I love that both in Romans 8 and in Galatians 1, the first verse that these chapters start talking about, life in the Spirit, life by the Spirit, it starts like this. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom that you were set free. Remember that those are the hinge points. As you walk in the Spirit, the enemy's going to come and tempt you to turn back to the old life, to turn back to the ways of the flesh. But remember this. There is therefore now no condemnation, and it is for freedom that you were set free. As those being your hinge points now walk. Walk in the Spirit. I know that... We're going to see if this works. Uh, I love watching Friends. Not Friends, the TV show. I've only like, seen one episode. But I love watch, people watching friend groups. Because you can tell who are friends by mannerisms, right? Like, you can look at friends and say, oh man, you can tell that person's been with so-and-so because of the way they act. Because of what they're saying, by their mannerisms. Like, our A-team, we had some of our own quirks and our own mannerisms and our own ways of talking, but I love it because you can say, like, man, that person's been with Rhino. That person's been with Greg. You become like the people around you. And you're not even trying. Like, just the more you do life together, the more like you, them you become. That's why it's important that you know who your friends are. I love it when you're known and you can walk into a room and you sit in a, and someone makes a comment and you look at your friend and, like, you know what they're thinking. Like, that's, that's awesome, right? Or you can just sit in a room and you actually don't have to say anything at all because you're, you're known and safe there. My friends, the same thing happens as we walk with God, as we walk in the Spirit. I like to think about it this way, and the, it kind of breaks down, but just bear with me. Like, I often think of myself walking on the beach because that's my happy place, walking on the beach with Jesus. And as I walk with Jesus and his spirit is inside of me, it's not just God with us, but it's God in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. 
and we start walking. And when we started walking, it felt more like Jesus is over here and like I'm over here, right? Because I don't quite have his desires yet. I don't quite have his mind yet. I'm still trying to figure this out. And if you've ever seen like a baby walk, like learning to walk, it's not pretty, right? Like they're wobbling, they're falling, they're stumbling. It takes a while for them to get steady on their feet. The same thing is true in our Christian walk. Like as we're walking with Christ, we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, but we don't quite share in his character and nature yet. So we just start walking. And the more that we walk, the more I go from way over here to closer towards him. Because he is sharing his life with me through his spirit. He's sharing his character with me through the spirit. And we just keep walking slowly by slowly, three miles an hour, walking with God. And he's sharing his life with me. That's what it means to have the Holy Spirit inside of us, Christ inside of us, him sharing his life with me. And you know what? When you walk with your friends, when, when you hang out with your friends for a long time, you begin to like the same foods, have the same taste. And as I walk with Christ, and his, he shares his life with me through the Spirit, guess what? My appetite begins to change. My mindset begins to change. It's no longer my thoughts, my life, my desires, but I'm beginning to know what his thoughts are, his desires are. And it's funny because the more you walk with him, the more you, he shares his life with you, the more the things of this world begin to slowly fade away. So slowly by slowly, daily, daily moment by moment, walking in the Spirit. God sharing his life with you. I don't know if you got that. God sharing his life with you. You can have the same mindset as Christ. It says that in Philippians. Like, he is transforming you and renewing your mind. You can think the thoughts of Christ because he is sharing his life and his character with you. You can have the desires of Christ because he is sharing his character with you. Moment by moment, day by day, saying, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes. Moment by moment, day by day, saying, not my will but yours be done. Not my will but yours be done. Not my will but yours be done. That's what you started this morning. I'm giving up control. I'm giving up my rights. Not my will but yours be done. Giving him permission and access to move in every aspect of your life. Every aspect. Nothing held back. Let him loose. Let him fill you. Because when, he's, when you are full of him, guess what? There's nothing left of you. And that's the best life you can live. Because what actually happens is you live your fullest life with him completely in you. But here's what happens. Here's what happens. You're walking along. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes. And as you're walking, guess who's prowling? The enemy. Because he cannot stand your surrender. Because he knows the power of Christ in you. He knows what that unleashes around the world or in, the, in, the, in this campus, on your, in your families. He knows the potential. He knows. So he's prowling. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes. And he usually tempts you. And we're going to talk about three different, three different ways tonight that cause us to look back and want to pick up what we've just surrendered. 
First one's impatience. I don't know about you, but God's timing has not often ever been my timing. And I don't, I really don't understand it. But the enemy begins to weave lies of, hey, remember that prayer you prayed last, last week, last year, last month? He has an answer that has he. He probably doesn't care about you. He's not paying attention. He has more important things to deal with. He doesn't care about you, does he? And the enemy cuts in with impatience. You see this in the story of Abraham and Sarah. God promises Abraham and Sarah a son. They go home. They don't get pregnant. And they're waiting, and they're waiting for the promise, and Sarah gets impatient. Well, surely must, God must be, want to do this another way. So she gives her servant Hagar, and we get Ishmael. In so much chaos in our world today, we still see because of Sarah's impatience. I wonder if that's not true in my own life. How much chaos is there because of my own impatience, wanting to help God do what I think he already should have done? That doesn't ever work out well. Are you impatient? Second is fear. John talked about it this morning. Fear is not your future, but when you're walking and the enemy's right here reminding you of the storm that's coming or already there, it gets hard to keep walking. I know that when you picture me on the beach walking with Jesus, you're probably thinking, serene, oh yeah, the waves. Like, sometimes it's a hurricane. Many seasons in my life, it has been a, hur- a season of hurricanes. It's not just like sunshine and roses and unicorns, like dolphins jumping. Like, it, it is so hard to keep walking because the storm is right there and the enemy's like, you can't trust him. He's not good. Don't you see what's happening? Your life is falling apart. And you become fearful and you look back to pick up what you've just surrendered. As if you know, as if I know what's best for me. It's a fear for you. Or maybe it's control. I like to know how things are going to happen. So much so that when I go to see a movie, I, watch, I, I read plugged in so I know what's going to happen. Like, I can't, I can't do suspense. I can't do surprises. Like, please, I, it's not for me. I'll read the end of the book before I start it. Like, I'm not kidding. This is, like, I don't, I like to be in control. So this is a hard one for me and where I continually have to trust God that he has me. But we're walking and, and God's right, and the enemy's right here prowling saying, he's not going to provide for you. You're going to end up alone. You can't trust him with your finances. That might kill you. What about your family? He doesn't have them. What about your kids? And I find myself grasping and taking back up what I've already surrendered because I don't trust him. Because impatience and fear and control, it screams, I don't trust you. But here's the thing. The longer I've walked with God, each step, each moment, each each decision builds trust in the bank with God. So what I thought I couldn't trust him with five years ago, now I can. Because I have five years of his faithfulness in my life. 
And yes, seasons of hurricane, yes, when the fog comes in, it gets hard to see. But it's a moment by moment, day by day, choice to keep walking. Every step that you walk in the Spirit builds a foundation of trust that you get to live in the rest of your life. Impatience, fear, control. And often what happens is, is we're walking along, and, and Dr. Matt Friedman, Isaiah's dad, and I don't even know if Isaiah's here, gave this, this illustration, and I can't, it, it stuck with me. But what happens is, is we're walking, we're walking, we're walking, and as the enemy cuts in and reminds us, hey, you can't trust God with this, oftentimes what we do in that moment is we take ourselves out of the walk. Like, okay, yeah, you're right. Like, I, am, I, I picked that back up. I'm not going to keep walking. But here's the thing. Like, if you have a car, which most of you probably do, say you just bought the car, and you're driving it home from the lot, it's brand new, and you run over a nail, and you get a flat tire. You're not going to take that car and take it to the junkyard saying it's broken now, I can't ever use it again. No. You're going to call a tow truck or call a friend or change the tire yourself, and you're going to keep driving it. So why would we think we're any different? Okay, I'm, I misstepped, I sinned, I, I picked back up what I surrendered. But as the Spirit reminds you, and his, and his, his kindness leads you to repentance, confess, call your friends, get into accountability, and keep going. Keep walking. Don't take yourself out of the walk. The Spirit of God is inside of you. He will lead you, He will guide you, He will bring you back into communion with Him. Keep going. Keep walking. Keep walking.